for the majority of the products that you saw on Amazon. So from a strategic reason, they don't need to be profitable. They just want to make sure that people will find uh, their products. Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven, and eight-figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven-figure exit, and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Do you want to grow your business bigger and faster? A free audit of your Amazon business can help you see and avoid threats and find missed golden opportunities. I generally charge $150 or more per hour, but this would be free. You can be a reseller or a brand owner. All I ask is that you're doing a few thousand dollars a month in sales already. Just visit myamazonaudit.com, scroll down, click on Amazon Audit, and book in a time. That's M-Y-A-M-A-Z-O-N-A-U-D-I-T.com. Look forward to speaking to you on your audit. Ladles and jelly spoons, boys and girls, welcome back to the 10K Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Beasy. I'm here today with Steph van Burkel from O1, the European Marketplace Operator. They cover over 100 marketplaces like Amazon, eBay, see this count, you name it, in 27 countries. So straight away, we're dealing with a huge plethora of countries. Welcome to the EU if you are from North America. Steph, welcome to the show as well. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be part of this podcast. Yeah, great to have you here because the question of how to make money is just what we're talking about here today, selling in Amazon EU, particularly now in 2023, we're recording this in October 2023 international sellers is always an interesting one because it's a, an ever-shifting landscape it seems to me it seems like there's a way of doing it and it's stable for if you're based in the uk maybe six months <laughs> and then it changes so the first question is let's talk about that uk sellers versus us sellers or indeed other international sellers but most of the podcast falls into one of those buckets are they the same or different challenges would you say in general both should be looking into the european market simply because it is the market if you look at because obviously the most of the listeners are very experienced with amazon amazon has been launching four new countries in the last two years and they are building warehouses throughout europe so i think you have a first movers advantage when you start working in europe uh, in the, let's say in the uk amazon exists for about 15 years and the us uh, 27 years so there are now countries again that are just launched recently and i think you're in the same position as you was 27 years ago in the us but now in, in europe so uh, yeah it is something you need to consider and need to start planning specifically when you are a established brand that basically already exploited your product, then the only thing, if you want to grow on a marketplace, you can do two things. Or you start launching new products, new variables on your existing products, or you start opening up a new market, basically relaunching the same product, but with reviews. So yeah, I see a big opportunity for, for any brand from the UK or the US. But operational size is going to have some massive challenges. Of course. Right. So as you say, you're either going to launch new products to expand your brand or launch the same products or relaunch, I suppose, the same products in the new marketplace. And it's a nice distinction because I think there's all sorts of fiddly little things you can do to grow your brand. And I think a lot of people in the early stages fall into that. I'm going to advertise more to sell more units of the same product and discover you can do that, but you're going to kiss goodbye to your profit. So in the end, 
new products, new marketplaces are the grown-up choices. And I would say if you're not yet launching in new marketplaces and you've got your supply chain down, the amount of time and energy and money it takes to get a design, to get a good supplier, to test that out, to make sure that you've got the kinks out of the system is is massive. Compared to that, we've got to weigh up, I suppose, one of the things that business owners would be weighing up, Steph, is how much hassle and time and effort is it going to be to expand into a new marketplace? Because that's also not easy, right? So let's cover some of that. I've got a list here of a couple of things that we need to cover. I guess the basics would be something like, how do we get your goods in, tax, compliance? What are the basics that we need to even have on our shopping list of problems to solve if we're going to expand into the EU? Yeah, uh, good indeed. It's all about having a, a original setup to be able to distribute your products without too much hassle. So it starts with import of records. So you need someone, a private or company that's related to a private person that will import your products and will take over the 10 year long product liability. So you need to have an entity set up in, in Europe. Then you also need an EOV number next to it. You need to have, I'm, I'm giving you the quick, let's say quick overview because each part has its own details that needs to be specified, but just in general. Then your product needs to be compliant. I think in, it's called in the UK, it's called UKCA and the rest of Europe, it's CE. So you need to have the right certificates and then you also need to make sure your product is compliant. So for example, your manual needs to be in the local language because you can imagine if you're from the UK and you get a German language and manual, you don't know how to use the product. So your or a warranty uh, is unable to be used. So, and then. You need warehousing, you need logistics, customer support, translations in general, uh, and local marketing activities, and of course, VAT filing to make sure and that the, uh, the taxes are paid in the right country. It's and like a very quick overview of the operational setup. So, but I think what's the most important thing in general, where can you make money? And that's the top, top number one question. Is that actually in Germany? Is the France? Is that at least in Spain? And once we know that, we can start looking, okay. Risk capabilities do you have today to start selling in that country? And risk capabilities do you need to add all in-house or potentially be a strategic partner or strategic partners? Okay, so yeah, great questions. Where can you actually make money? And then who are you going to work with before you worry about the, the whys and wherefores, the, the details that you mentioned? So let's exactly. talk about that. First of all, I mean, first question really then from the, the macro picture, the big to small is, okay, EU, I'm going to sell in the EU, right? Not a bad decision, but... Is it one country? Can you treat it like another United States? From a perspective. So you want to launch, let's say you have an American-based business and yeah. they want to launch in the European Union. Can you just treat the European Union like another United States and just launch into all the pro uh, countries and it all works the same across all the countries? Yes, you can. Okay. And, and no, all... you can. no, you can. I, play. <laughs> I was about to be very excited no. on behalf of our American <laughs> no, listeners. And there are 27 like different tax levels. There are four different currencies. There are eight languages. There are nine borders to cross logistically wise. So no, there is no, no such thing as a European strategy. There's only a local strategy. You need to focus on the local consumer, make sure that the local consumer has a local experience. So what you can look at it is from the market size perspective. Yes, uh, we are also active in nine countries, UK, uh, Italy, Spain, France, all around 60 million people. Germany is 18 million. So when you then all add that up, you're talking about, let's say 400 million users, something like that. 
So the market size is there, but the operational complexity is definitely is different. So you cannot compare it. Also, what you need to realize, an Amazon in the US is a marketing game, while in Europe, it's an operating game. There are 2.5 million sellers active in the US. So you need to compete with 2.5 million sellers. And if they all spend money on advertising, and you can understand what you also said, if you start spending your money on advertising, you're going to be impossible. Not easy, let's say. So there are also a lot of big brands that are using a lot of using Amazon because it's mostly a product search engine, right? So the majority of the product searches are on Amazon. So from a strategic reason, they don't need to be profitable. They just want to make sure that people will find uh, their products. Well, in Europe, there are 1.1 million sellers. So that is a lot less, a shadow of nine countries. So you can imagine that if you actually have a good local setup uh, and you're able to have a good operation, which the majority of those sellers don't have, you don't need to spend that much money on advertisement versus the US. So there's a lot of differences, pros and cons for each market. Interesting. So I guess the takeaways for me are, it sure as heck is not one country, as you say, four currencies. I thought it was more than that, but I guess the EU is, you know, unified quite a lot of things with the Eurozone. It's by only no Sweden. And of course, all these fees grown, a bit of sprout and euro. Okay. And that's all. I, I would have expected it to be even worse. But yeah, you're right. Still, it's, it's a lot of complexity. So I think yeah, uh, your distinction there, I think if, if nothing else, just the one nugget to take away is that Amazon USA is a marketing game. Amazon EU is an operations game. I mean, I would say a small caveat being based in the UK with lots of UK-based sellers who sell in the UK that it is getting expensive to market here. But if you can get into uh, the that's EU true, but also specifically... When- because the UK has the majority of the sellers. I mean, yes. all the US brands were previously thinking before Brexit, hey, I want to go into Europe. So that starts using the UK as the gateway to Europe. Yeah. There you have more. I'm not saying that we are not seeing a lot of marketing spent on other countries. Of course, you need a market, a market budget, but you cannot compare it to the US market. So also what you really need to look at it. You spend a lot of money to gain, for example, 105 star reviews or 505 star reviews. When you launch now in the EU, Europe, you already bring all your reviews. So you don't need to have that learning curve. You already have that experience, how to market, what the risk keywords are using, et cetera. So also from that, you know, what you maybe learned in three years, you now can start implementing the same strategy almost immediately. And then you have from the five-star reviews, your product already looked like a bit like a, a local hero. Because also another interesting thing that nobody really is understanding is 1.1 million sellers shattered over nine countries. The reality is that less than 2% of the companies in Europe are selling in online countries. So what you see, there are a lot of local heroes. So the number one bestseller in the UK is different than the one in, the, in Germany. And that's also different than the one of the France, Italy, Spain, etc. So there are a lot, of, a lot of brands like in the US that have hundreds of five-star reviews. That's quite uncommon. So that also gives a big opportunity when a US brand enter the UMB market with so many reviews. The people already think, wow, this is, should be, should be best because people always search on three ways, best sold, most positive reviews and best price. Best price you don't want to win because then, you know, you're basically downgrading your business immediately and you need to start competing with so people that have big, big pockets. So you want to win well, most best sold and most positive reviews. So if you're able to enter it like that, that's a big, big advantage. But also what you need to realize. 
when the, from the moment you start w- working in multiple countries, you are generating more resources. And with the resources, you can basically buy away the local heroes. So I think the, the biggest opportunity is, yes, you need to look at it as one plan to start conquering the European market, but country by country by country. Once you do that, then you are having a, a very healthy business. Do you want to grow your Amazon business bigger or faster? I bet you do. If so, a free audit of your Amazon business can help you see and avoid threats and find some golden missed opportunities. Generally, I charge at least $150 an hour these days for my time, but this is free. You can be a reseller or a brand owner. All I ask is that you're doing at least a few thousand dollars a month in sales. If you are, just go to myamazonaudits.com, scroll down, click on Amazon Audit and book in a time and we'll see each other on a Zoom call. That's M-Y-A-M-A-Z or Z-O-N-A-U-D-I-T.com. Thank you very much for listening and I hope to see you on a call soon. Great. So so I take a page out of uh, European history. Various empires over the years have have done that very thing. They look at Europe as a whole and think, well, how can we build an empire by taking over Europe, but one country at a time? So let's talk about how we figure that out, because I think that's very, very important. So you've got to split it up. And by the way, I think coming back to your main point, just to hang this mentally on, if it's a pain for you and it sounds a work and it will be work from experience, then that's true for your competition. So again, if you can be if you can grit your teeth and get down operational excellence country by country and your competitors are just throwing money at the USA, you should end up with a profitable calculate, profitable uh, business, right? So that, that's quite a, a good upside. So tell us about how you pick a country and how, how do you go about it? So what is important that you start, don't look from your comfort zone. Okay, I have someone that speaks German in my team or I have some German experience. Let's go to the German market even though the German is the larger market, let's just be clear on that. So because that is what the majority of the companies do, they start looking for their own comforts or what is the ideal record. Well, I say don't, even if you are, for example, from, from Germany, maybe Germany shouldn't be the country, not your first country to launch. But it's a bit mean to say, I'm not going to launch in my home. Why? Because you have limited time, limited budget, so why would you spend time on a market that maybe is not right there? So what we always do is that, okay, last start first analyzing the market, where do we have the biggest opportunity? So what's the revenue in your category? Who are your competitors? Are you able to compete with that on downtown, quality, specifications, price, combination of it all? And then based on that, you go and make a look at all my countries and then uh, make a short list of which two, three, four or five are the ones that you see uh, the biggest potential down. You calculate back. Okay. That's the biggest market. That's one. Then start, let's start analyzing the gold price because in Sweden, they charge 25% tax. In Germany, it's 90% tax. So if you sell a product for 100 euro, Everywhere the same, as an example, it is going to impact six euro. And six euro is actually just an either of your complete margin. Then you have your warehouse cost, your logistical cost, your return cost. So what is important for me is to always understand actual cost price of distributing, selling, and let's say operating sales. 
in that specific country. So that maybe, let's say, start target those five countries, then you see from the top five, what, how much more you're able to make each country. And based on that, you can then say, hey, now I understand Germany and Italy are my best best markets. Then I start thinking about, okay, what do I need? Do I have like content already in that language? No, I don't. Do I have a content writer that specializes in Amazon content writing in that country? No. So you start looking for that specialist. You need a, if you want to do it, local storage to be able to offer next day delivery, which is crucial. If you want to start building up your own channel, your own sales, you need also have a local VD member. So. Then, so you're talking about warehouse, you talk about VT, you're talking about the translations, and you want to make sure your product is compliant. This all sounds complex, but if you actually look at it as an individual project, it's not simply because there are a lot of specialists in the market that say, okay, you want to have a translation run, there are freelancers who go to Upwork, find a freelancer. You need a VP number specialized on Amazon or e-commerce in the specific countries. There are a lot of accountants that operate brand new being solution. Like you can just pick point a, a VP number, probably charge like 40 euro per month per country. So that's almost nothing. That can be immediately through an API connected to your Amazon seller account. Obviously, it's a bit of a, a jungle in the beginning to start figuring that out, but it's worth a while. Especially when you did a full to calculation because you know it's going to be a profitable, uh, profitable business. Brilliant. Well, I think this is sort of business advice for grown-ups because calculating profit is always a little bit painful. It, even we had a, one member of the mastermind at some point. He was a very highly qualified finance specialist who dealt with loans in, in his uh, day job before he came into Amazon. And even he didn't get his profit and loss uh, account sorted exactly up to date because it takes a lot of work. But I would say... But focusing on profit gives you an entirely different way of looking at everything. Because if you want the kind of, you know, drug hit of sales, the USA is the place to get it. All you need to do is throw a load of money into advertising and they're big markets. And if you have a low enough price and a high enough ad spend, you will get sales and you'll feel great until you do your calculations at the end of the month, the quarter or the year, if you're really crazy and realize just how much money you've given away to everyone else. Whereas you're it's, talking it, about it, the it, opposite, it, it, right? It, I agree with what you're saying, but if your listeners are your experienced FBA sellers, they can look at the same FBA, the same business, but just in a different country, right? So the FBA costs are transparent from Amazon perspective. All the, all the data is already there. You can easily check what's the VAT number. Even Amazon has on their website several tools to start calculating. And obviously, you're not able to, from the sense, uh, recognize the actual but I think even for anybody that's been selling on Amazon for, let's say, over six months, should be able with an Excel sheet, calculate back, or uh, let's say on the average, what should be approximately my margins. And if not, they can always contact me and I'll provide them an Excel sheet where they just put in the data. Excellent. That sounds even better. Well, obviously, as we've, we've talked about this, that there is a lot of work to do. And if you're busy running a, an existing business, you know, one of the reasons people don't get around to it is, is simply that they don't have the time and energy and they don't have the experts to call on. Obviously, in the podcast, that's one of the reasons that we have experts on so that people go, oh, I need somebody who can launch me into Europe and they know who to call. So we better let you talk about what services you offer because there is a lot of work to do and some people will want the help. So what do you guys do for anyone who wants to launch into EU? 
So we lead and operate marketplace sales. So your responsibility is to provide our stock and obviously the content, and we do everything else. So we do the import, we do the warehouse, we do the logistics, we do the content optimizations, the marketing campaigns, and the VP providing. So instead of working with five different service providers, we set up an in-house localized team. We are your external organization that will manage your complete marketplace sales in Europe, in Europe completely end-to-end. So which marketplaces would I, would you recommend? So we, we've talked about Amazon because it's an Amazon focused show, but would you say that uh, you'd put in, say, Kaufhaus in Germany or C-Discount in, in France, for example, would you handle that stuff as well? Yes, we do. So we are offering multi-channel. So that is up to all the marketplaces in, in 47 countries, including the Kaufland, C-Discount, because if you look at some countries like Cedarscar, like France, where Cedarscar is the number two, and then you have also the Netherlands, that's uh, bold.com is even larger than Amazon, but also because Amazon launched there, I'd say two years ago, approximately two and a half went on. Um, so if you really want to conquer the European market, you basically want to work with the top three marketplaces in each country, and then you're surely covered. I think you need to look at Amazon specifically in the ones where they're longer than 10 years active as the one, as the product search engine. And obviously your products need to be visible there. And the other marketplaces are really the more profitable channels because there's a, a lot less competition. Prices are stronger. Margins are, let's say commissions are up and lower. So uh, you, you need to look at those as a, I want to enter the market, I want to be present and I want to make some profit more high on a level and Amazon really is the gateway as well. Also, because Amazon offers a lot of data insights, which all the marketplaces don't use. You can also use Amazon as getting a lot of product information, let's say market information. Yeah. And I think that's an extremely important point for, for Americans or even UK based sellers to realize like even in the UK, we don't really have a serious competition to Amazon, but I've had uh, a couple of clients in masterminds and, and coaching over the years who uh, happen to be Dutch or, or in one case, Belgian, they sell in the Netherlands and bold.com and the profit levels there are so much bigger than I've seen yep. than Amazon, like way, way, way higher. And also I've seen them sell things that made me sweat like iPhone accessories, which if I'd even in 2014, when I started on Amazon would never have considered selling because they were so hyper competitive direct with Chinese factories. Right. Chinese factories don't bother with bold.com because they don't no, have anyone who no, speaks Dutch. Unknown. They're unknown. Yeah. So that meant that I've had clients selling accessories, which I wouldn't dream of selling on Amazon and not just selling, but selling an incredibly high profit margins. I mean, really great, like 40, 50% after advertising kind of margins. So I would urge anyone who is obsessed with sales and thinks, oh, revenue is just, uh, you know, the, the main thing and the profit comes afterwards to, to think again, because these are really worth having. Again, you talked about local markets and I think if you can really dominate a niche online, it's obvious everyone knows the riches are in the niches, as the Americans say, which always makes me wince because that's not how you say the word niche. But in Europe, the riches are in not just the niches, but also in dominating a, a geographically small market, which in the US, you can't control through Amazon, right? Uh, whereas it, you still have that possibility in Europe. And I think that's very exciting for anyone who understands market dynamics because really low competition is, I think, the most exciting thing you can find. There's always demand. But it's who you're competing with, right? As you said, in the US, tons of demand, crazy competition, very small profits, unless you happen to kill a market. Whereas in Europe, it, it just still is not that way. And I think 
this is what gets me excited about it. It's the profit-driven way of thinking, and and you're clearly based on that as well, Steph. So look, if if we better wrap this one up because we've got to help UK-based sellers, which is my particular sort of people that I try and look after. If people want to explore working with you, what do they do next? Well, we have a very simple website, just eu. Or look for me on LinkedIn and just shoot me a message and say, hey, Steph, I'm thinking of this. And I will just brainstorm after you know, doing this over decades. I'm able to answer most of the questions and give you the, the needed insights for you to, to grow your business. So thank you, Pilo. Great. And if they're looking for you, it's Stefan, so S-T-E-F. V-A-N yeah. and then B-O-E-K-E-L. Yeah, put, we'll put the link in the show notes, folks, as well. So if you go to 10kcollective.com. So Steph, I really like your way of thinking. It's, how can I put it? Yeah, you're actually going to help actual business people make money uh, that they keep in their own pockets rather than just the sales rush that you get and in, in, that is so prevalent on the internet. And I really like that way of thinking. So you, you, you've had me at profit, really. And I think you're... Your operational excellence is obvious. So thank you so much for guiding us through it. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you very much, Michael. Do you want to grow your Amazon business bigger or faster? I bet you do. If so, a free audit of your Amazon business can help you see and avoid threats and find some golden missed opportunities. Generally, I charge at least $150 an hour these days for my time, but this is free. You can be a reseller or a brand owner. All I ask is that you're doing at least a few thousand dollars a month in sales. If you are, just go to myamazonaudits.com, scroll down, click on Amazon Audit, and book in a time and we'll see each other on a Zoom call. That's M-Y-A-M-A-Z or Z-O-N-A-U-D-I-T dot com. Thank you very much for listening and I hope to see you on a call soon. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.